The Dynasty Fantasy Football landscape is getting more and more competitive each and every year. So one thing that I've found is very helpful to stay ahead of your league mates is to look ahead to future rookie drafts and future classes and pre-evaluate some of the prospects that we're looking at. So that is exactly what we will be doing in today's video. We're deep in the heart of 2024 rookie draft season, talking about prospects. The debates are going on on Dynasty Twitter all the time. But today, we're going to actually take a look ahead to the 2025 class, talk about how good the quarterback position looks, the running back position, the wide receiver position, the tight end position. And then at the end, I'm going to try and rank my top 12 prospects overall to give you an idea of what the first round could look like based on the strengths of all of the position groups. Like I said, this is the time to get ahead of your league mates. No matter how good or how bad a class projects to be, it's usually a good time to buy rookie picks at this time of the year for the 2025 and the 2026 classes because everybody is hyper-focused on 2024 prospects and they're holding onto those picks like gold. You can get a pretty sizable discount on the 2025 picks this time of year, and they will always be valuable. They're very likely to increase regardless of how good or how bad a draft class ends up being. So if you're new around here, leave a subscription down below. Leave a like if you enjoy. Comment down below who's your favorite 2025 prospect that you're excited to see in college football this coming season. Now let's get into it. All right, so if you skip the intro, the format that I'm going to be doing in this video, basically, we're going to go through and we're going to talk about each position group. We're going to go through the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, and the tight ends. I'm going to give an overview of the class, talk about a couple individual like player prospect profiles, like really, really short, condensed versions of them for now because there's a whole college football season to go. We don't really know what these prospects are yet, but we can get a good idea of what they would be in terms of like draft prospects if they were eligible this year by looking at their sophomore numbers, their junior numbers, whatever class of prospect they end up being. So the quarterback position, um, uh, Daniel Jeremiah is the reason I actually put out this video because this tweet actually prompted the idea for it. He said, I believe we'll see four to five teams looking to move up for a quarterback over the next few months for a 2024 quarterback prospect. And he said, teams aren't excited about next year's class. So that prompted me to look ahead to this class and kind of see what we're looking at at the quarterback position, the running back and the wide receiver and the tight end position. So with the quarterback position, I've made this table. You guys can see it on the screen right now. Basically, it's sorted by PFF passing grade, and it outlines all of the major statistics that we care about when evaluating, say, the guys of you know Caleb Williams and Drake May and all the guys that we're evaluating now. You can see the numbers of Connor Wiegman and Carson Beck and Dylan Gabriel and Shadur Sanders and all the guys that are eligible for next year's class. And I will really try and not speed through this video so um, you know I'm not confusing anybody because I'm sure a lot of these names you guys aren't even familiar with, especially if you don't follow college football. But so let's get into the actual course quarterback class here. I'm going to do a real bird's eye view here because in my opinion, there's not really a huge point in getting two in the weeds with these quarterbacks because so much can change. We don't know who's going to be expected to have high draft capital in the 2025 NFL draft at this at this point in time. As of right now, I would say the NFL probably views uh, Colorado Shadur Sanders, of course, the son of Deion Sanders, Quinn Ewers from Texas. I would say those two guys are probably viewed by the NFL as decent bets for first round draft capital. I also think Carson Beck from Georgia 
Georgia is probably pretty highly thought of in terms of draft capital. So I'm going to throw those guys on here as potential um, dudes that are going to get first round draft capital. Again, it's way, way too early to actually know this for sure. But I'm curious to see how the college football landscape shakes out. I really like Jackson Dart as um, one of the top quarterbacks in next year's class. Very young, very um, raw still, but he did show a lot in his uh, sophomore season. And then there's also some wild cards, right? Dylan Gabriel transferring from Oklahoma over to Oregon. He is going to be in a system with Evan Stewart, who I'll talk about in the wide receiver section, Tez Johnson, who went back to school, as well as uh, Jordan James, who I'll talk about in the running back section. It's a very good offense, and Dylan Gabriel could have a monster season next year. And then there's some other guys that have the ability to climb. Connor Wiegman only played four games last year, but he was very, very good, posting the highest PFF passing grade in this 2025 early look of the class so far. So he's intriguing. Of course, Drew Aller was a big uh, Debbie guy. Everybody was excited about him coming out of high school because, you know, people labeled him as potentially the next Josh Allen or whatever. Uh, Jalen Milrow, very, very raw still, but he is a great runner, rushed for 788 yards this past year could maybe be the next Jaden Daniels. And then uh, KJ Jefferson, I actually really liked coming into the season, had a horrible year. Arkansas was a complete train wreck and he is now transferred away over to UCF. So we'll have to see what happens there. But for now, again, I understand the NFL sentiment. This is not, you know, last year's quarterback class or this current year's quarterback class where we're looking at coming into the college football season. We have Caleb Williams, we have Drake May, you know, two years ago, we had Bryce Young, we had CJ Stroud. All of these guys are relatively unproven. There's a lot of guys that have some upside here, and I actually am quite excited that I think that there will be one or two of these guys that emerge as first-round quarterback prospects. But I will say I share the uh, the NFL sentiment that none of these guys are sure things. Part of the reason I think Will Levis fell to the second round last year is because NFL teams knew that Caleb Williams was coming up. They knew that Drake May was coming up, and they didn't want to reach on a guy like Will Levis knowing that they could have maybe gotten a quarterback in the next draft class. So again, the quarterback position as of now, if I had to give it like a letter grade, it's probably like a C plus B minus, but there is some potential, particularly for Shadur Sanders, Carson Beck, and Quinn Ewers, in my opinion, to potentially rise and develop into first round caliber quarterback prospects. Like I said, I also like Jackson Dart, Dylan Gabriel, Connor Wiegman, and then there's some wild cards there with Drew Aller and with Jalen Milrow. And of course, there's a possibility that some of these like underclassmen go back again and aren't eligible for the 2026 class, but that's kind of the risk that we're running right now. So moving on to the running back position and there are so many guys that could hit here. Um, one thing that I definitely want to hammer home right off the top, if you're wondering, the 2025 running back class, is it as bad as the 2024 running back class? Because this year, I mean, I'm midway through the running back evaluations for our draft guide. It's not a very good class. We don't have a lot of high-end talent. I definitely want to outline first the guys that are first time eligible, the guys that were sophomores or, you know, redshirt freshmen or whatever this year that are now going to factor into this draft class because the running back position, unlike quarterback, wide receiver and tight end has been the most affected by the NIL deals because the running backs are getting paid more in college than they are really even in the NFL because we know that the NFL isn't drafting running backs often in the first round, in the second round anymore. They're, you know, sliding down the board and it's causing guys like Travion Henderson and Raheem Sanders and Devin Neal and, you know, Donovan Edwards to go back to school because they can actually make pretty good money in school. And of course, we know the NFL is not valuing them highly. So it should go without saying that when I introduce all of these first-time eligible guys, guys that I'm about to do. The 2026 class is potentially where some of them might find their names because they might not come out in 2025. These guys are just first time eligible dudes. They could be in this class, but I will go through the upperclassmen that absolutely will be in this class after I go through these guys. So a lot 
of good first-time eligible dudes this year. So let me make that absolutely clear. If these guys have good seasons this year, it's very likely they would come out as juniors or as redshirt sophomores. And of course, as dynasty players, we know that that's a notch in their prospect profile. We want to see very young running backs at 20, 21, 21 and a half, 22 years old come into the NFL because they have a long shelf life that way. And the crown jewel of this class since, you know, really the 2022 college football season is Quinshawn Judkins, formerly of Ole Miss, now of Ohio State. He's five foot 11, 210 pounds. He reached 22 and a half miles per hour on a run this year. So we're looking at a guy who's big enough to be a stud running back in the NFL. He's fast enough. He's athletic. He knows how to run the ball as well. 90.7 PFF rushing grade and 1,600 yards as a true freshman in the SEC for Ole Miss. SEC Freshman of the Year in 2022. 29% missed tackles four straight. 26 targets this past year. He's got to get his efficiency up. He only ran for 4.3 yards per carry in 2023. But him transferring to Ohio State will definitely help with that because at Ole Miss, he was pretty much the centerpiece of the offense. So Quinshawn Judkins is the guy that everybody had their eye on. If you guys play in Debbie leagues, I'm sure you know who he is. The other name that's been well associated with the 2025 running back class is Nick Singleton from Penn State. Singleton, in my opinion, when you look at the numbers, he's a little bit overrated. He was the number one running back coming out of high school that was set to be in the 2025 draft. He was a high, highly decorated five-star recruit two years ago, but he has just a 17% missed tackles force rate in college football over his career, 3.67 yards after contact per attempt, and only a 72.2 PFF rushing grade in 2023. So with these two guys, I mean, I'm quite excited about them in terms of their overall, like what they've done as freshmen and what they've done to this point. He did have 30 targets this year, Singleton, and a 73.3 receiving grade and 1.57 yards per route run. He's listed six foot, 224 pounds, and he's reached 22 miles per hour on some of his runs. So he needs to put it all together in 2024 for Penn State, and that could be the key for him, but he does still have some question marks around him. But don't worry, there's tons more names I'm about to talk about. Let's talk about the NCAA rushing champion, Ollie Gordon, running back from Oklahoma State. He led the NCAA with 1,732 rushing yards. I believe he won the Doak Walker Award as well. 21 rushing touchdowns, 90.4 PFF rushing grade. Six foot one, 211 pounds. Again, all of these guys are going to notice a common trend. I'm not talking about a lot of scat backs here. They're all pretty good size profile wise. All of them look to be very good athletically. 21 miles per hour reached against Iowa State for Ollie Gordon uh, and a whopping 50 targets this year. So he's very productive. He was heavily involved as a receiver. He's got good size and good speed. And of course, he led the NCAA in rushing. So Ollie Gordon, also a very exciting running back prospect. Then we have Omarion Hampton, running back from North Carolina, of course, playing with Drake May this year. Six foot, 220 pounds. So very, very good size profile. 1,500 rushing yards. 15 touchdowns, 90.6 PFF rushing grade, 26.4% missed tackles forced this year, 4.22 yards after contact per attempt. So he's a good runner. He can make people miss. He can break tackles, that kind of thing. He's got the size to do that. Bit of speed too, 20.8 MPH um, was his fastest charted run this year. So he does have some good speed, 32 targets and a 70.7 PFF receiving grade. So a pretty well-rounded profile so far. Definitely an intriguing back again. So Next, we go on to Trevor Etienne, of course, the brother of Jaguars running back Travis Etienne. 
five foot nine, 213 pounds, formerly of the University of Florida Gators, now transferred to the Georgia Bulldogs. So he is going to be probably a big time breakout candidate this year, playing for you know Georgia with Carson Beck and a uh, projected you know top five team in the NCAA. Part time runner at Florida, he was not getting the full workload, just 130 carries this past year, but he did go for 5.8 yards per carry and 85.4 PFF rushing grade, 21 targets, 1.34 yards per route run with a 118.8 elusive rating. So some of these numbers, they're going to sound all jumbled and out of context right now. Just trust me, I'm giving you numbers that are highlights and they're good numbers for their profile. So with Trevor Etienne, of course, we know what his brother Travis can do on all three downs. It looks like he profiles as somebody that could have a monster breakout season, similar to what we saw really with like Jameer Gibbs from his first and second year. He transfers over from Georgia Tech. He goes to the big school in Alabama and he dominates. I could see Trevor Etienne probably having that kind of season again here for Georgia. Next, we get into my absolute draft crush so far of the 2025 NFL draft. We have Ashton Janty running back from Boise State, 5'9", 210 pounds. He reached 21.5 miles per hour on his fastest run this year. 94.6 PFF rushing grade. So we're talking about a guy that was second in the entire country in terms of rushing efficiency, according to PFF uh, grading, 1,344 rushing yards at 6.2 yards per carry, 14 touchdowns, a whopping 38% uh, missed tackles avoided per attempt. So we got a guy that's big enough, that's fast enough, that's elusive enough, 183.6 elusive rating. If he was in this year's class for reference, that would be the best in the class. Get this also, 48 targets, 3.09 yards per out run. For reference, 3.09 yards per out run is an elite number for a wide receiver, let alone for a running back. 91.5 PFF receiving grade, the fourth highest among all pass catchers, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends in the country. That was a higher grade than Marvin Harrison Jr. had this year, according to PFF. When you look at this profile, I just mentioned Jameer Gibbs for Trevor Etienne. This guy looks like he could be a Jameer Gibbs type profile as well. He's got speed. He's got elusiveness. He's got receiving ability. Workhorse for his team with Boise State. He had like 250 plus touches this year, which is something we actually couldn't say about Jameer Gibbs. So Ashton Janty, if you guys are in Debbie drafts or if you guys are just hunting for prospects to be in love with this college football season, he's a great one from Boise State. Ashton Janty is going to be very high on my Debbie boards when I go in into my Debbie draft this coming spring. So you think I'm done yet? I'm really not. This is crazy how good this running back class is and how much potential it has. Because right now it just sounds like I'm throwing names at a board. But trust me, before I made this video, I've done a ton of research on the class. I'm only talking about names that I think could actually emerge as potential first round dynasty uh, rookie picks or second round, early second round dynasty rookie picks. So the fact that I'm going through this many underclassmen, this many first time eligible guys just speaks to the volume of great running backs in this class. If you go to the PFF rushing grades this year, you're going to see that that list, the high end uh, potential of that list was dominated by underclassmen. We didn't have a whole lot of guys, Jonathan Brooks and Trey Benson aside, that were putting up monster, monster numbers as draft eligible dudes this year. So Jordan James running back from Oregon, of course, working behind Bucky Irving, who is in this year's class, five foot 10, 205 pounds, 94.8 PFF rushing grade. That was the best in the country, just ahead of Ashton Janty. Just 108 attempts this year, so he wasn't on a full-time workload like Janty was, but 31% missed tackles forced per attempt. 
18 targets as a true sophomore, splitting a backfield with a great receiving back like Bucky Irving, and he scored 12 total touchdowns this year. So he could have a monster breakout season in 2025. I look at this Oregon offense with Dylan Gabriel coming in. He's a you know five, sixth-year veteran quarterback for college football. Then you also have Tez Johnson. You have Evan Stewart, who I'll talk about with the wide receivers. This offense could be really, really good, and I think Jordan James could have a monster breakout season. And then finally, I'll talk about the final uh, first-time eligible dude that we want to mention here is Katron Allen, also of Penn State. So he's sharing a backfield with Nicholas Singleton. All, uh, both of these guys really have good size. Five foot 11, 221 pounds. Of course, Singleton was 220 plus as well. 90.6 PFF rushing grade for Katron Allen. 24.5% missed tackles force rate. He's a little bit more of a thumper. He doesn't have a whole lot of receiving production, but he has been really, really efficient on his carries. So even though Nick Singleton is the guy in this backfield that everybody's excited about, I think Katron Allen, I mean, on paper, his rushing profile looks actually better than what Nick Singleton's look like. So this could be a situation we saw back in 2019 when we had Damian Harris and Josh Jacobs or, you know, similar situation to Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. We, we don't exactly know how good of prospects these guys will be yet, but the fact that both both of them are, are solid draft eligible projections is something that we have to be excited about. And of course, it's also possible that if one comes out for the draft, one goes back to school, whatever the case may be. So you might be thinking at this point in the video that the 2024 running back class was also hyped up to a high degree. I'm not falling for it this time, right? We were talking about this class last year, the current class that we're dealing with as potentially a great 2024 running back class. I might remind you that two of the best running backs from this year's class that it's supposed to be in 2024 went back to school. Raheem Sanders and Travion Henderson will be in the 2025 running back class and are in this class. We might have a, a 2017 or a 2018 running back class on our hands here because if 80% of the guys that I've talked about so far can build on their seasons, get a little bit better than they were the year before, don't deal with major injuries, all of these guys have a lot of good things going for them. Everybody that I've mentioned so far has good size, has good speed, has good receiving ability, and more guys could emerge. I haven't even mentioned Oregon State's Damian Martinez, who's a 230-plus pounder. Uh, Jaden Ott from Cal, another 30-plus target running back as well, who can contribute as a receiver, 89.5 PFF rushing grade. Or Jaden Blue from uh, Texas, who has flashed for my Texas Longhorns here. So, I mean, these running backs, you guys can see them on the screen right now. These are just the underclassmen, the first-time eligible dudes. I will add in the guy that we had go back to school who should have been in the 2024 running back class. So the first time eligible guys could really carry this class. And of course we prefer that as dynasty players, but the upperclassmen can add as well. So Let's throw in Travion Henderson running back from Ohio State. He was expected to be in contention for RB1 in the 2024 class. He's 5'10", 212 pounds, freshman stud, as we all remember with CJ Stroud and all those guys. He dealt with injuries each of the last two years, and he has a backfield mate now with Quinshawn Judkins coming in, but that should keep him fresh. That should keep him healthy. Again, similar to what I just said with the two Penn State guys, we could have a Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle situation, or we could have a Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris situation because because Henderson still had an 89.9 PFF rushing grade this past year and 23 targets and a 73.6 PFF receiving grade. So I per I personally would have come out for the draft if I was Henderson, especially knowing that Judkins had transferred in and it's a weaker class in 2024 than it will be in 2025. But regardless, he's going to add a lot to this 2025 class as well and be in contention for one of the top running back spots as well. Then we get into Raheem Sanders, who was a lot of people's RB1 entering the 2024 draft cycle, formerly of Arkansas. He has now since transferred to South Carolina, where he's actually from. So 
He was completely banged up in 2023. Horrible coaching, but he is still every bit of that six foot two, 240 pound running back frame that we loved about him. 22.5 miles per hour in game as a sophomore was his speed. His nickname is Rocket for Christ's sakes, and commanding 31 targets as a sophomore running back. All of that is still present with Raheem Sanders. Bounce back season could be coming for him, and he'd be in real contention, honestly, for the best running back in this class if he looks anything like he did as a true sophomore. So again, not a guarantee, but definitely somebody that I still believe in. Then we have uh, Devin Neal from Kansas still in this class. Again, another player that I probably would have came out if I was him. Five foot 11, 210 pounds, two seasons now of over 29 targets. His season this year was totally fine. Like I said, I would have just declared for the draft if I was him. 88.5 PFF rushing grade, 16 touchdowns, and 13 rushing yards, 29.5% missed tackles force rate. So he's also another depth running back, maybe a third or a fourth rounder that could add some good juice to this class. And finally, we have Donovan Edwards of Michigan, Taj Brooks of Texas Tech. Again, this class is loaded at running back. We have guys at the top that are going to emerge. We have guys in the middle that are going to make for great second rounders. We're going to have depth in this class. Donovan Edwards was great in 2022 with an 87.3 rushing grade, regressed to 69.8 this year. Of course, um, not as great in 2023. And of course, Blake Corum was the lead back there scoring all those touchdowns. But Edwards is 6'1", 210 pounds, obviously plays for the defending national championship uh, winning Michigan Wolverines. So of course, he's going to get a lot of attention that way. No Blake Corum, no John, uh, Jim Harbaugh, no uh, JJ McCarthy this year. This offense could look a lot different in 2024. Three straight Great seasons of 24 plus targets for Donovan Edwards and a 71 point uh and a 71-plus uh, PFF receiving grade, career yards per route run of 1.93. So maybe he stinks, maybe he was hurt last year, no idea, but he is also in this class. And then Taj Brooks, again, a similar profile um, to like a thumping running back like a Brian Robinson, very highly graded rusher this year, top 15 in the country. So he is also very interesting. He has the size to carry a big workload. So again, when you look at these running backs, you see a lot of guys with receiving upside. You see a lot of guys that are great athletes. You see a lot of guys at big programs, a lot of guys that can break off long runs. Like this is a very, very good running back class on the surface. Some of these guys are going to go back to school and be in the 2026 class. But on the surface, if a lot of these guys perform, this year, if we get another great year out of Quinshawn Judkins, Nick Singleton, Ollie Gordon, Amari and Hampton, Trevor Etienne, all these dudes, then we're going to have a loaded first round of Dynasty rookie drafts for those of you guys that are desperately in need of running back talent, which I'm sure is a lot of your Dynasty rosters right now. So let's move on to the wide receiver position. It is definitely a more underwhelming group than this year by far. Uh, also a more underwhelming group than 2022 and 2021. This group has some good guys at the top, so I, I don't want to bury the lead here, but Luther Burden is probably the best prospect in this draft, regardless of position. I would say he is the crown jewel of the class right now. Five foot 11, 208 pounds, wide receiver from the Missouri Tigers. True sophomore in 2023, he was third in the country with a 91.0 PFF receiving grade, just behind the likes of Malik Neighbors. 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns, 3.29 yards per route run, 8.4 yards after catch per reception, averaged over 14 yards per reception on a pretty shallow, um, you know, role as the number one receiver there for Mizzou at 8.7 average depth of target. So he's very explosive in the numbers. His profile on paper looks very ironclad. SEC production, 32% target share, early declare, nine of the 21 receiving touchdowns 
for the team last year. He's the crown jewel of this class as of right now, especially at the wide receiver position. Then we have Emeka Igbuka, who, of course, I've done a lot of work on already because I thought he was going to be in 2024's class. He produced alongside Marvin Harrison as a true sophomore last year. When healthy in 2023, he was still solid, but not the greatest season out of Emeka Igbuka. In 2023, he was banged up. He needs a bounce back in 2024 now as the number one receiver for that Ohio State offense. He was a 95th percentile separator in 2022 as a sophomore, 97.5 grade versus zone coverage as well. Very confident in Emeka Ibuka in projecting a bounce back. I feel like he will be a very highly decorated prospect in 2025 early rookie drafts. If you're getting an early to mid first rounder in trades right now, there's a good chance Luther Burden, Emeka Ibuka, these are the guys that you're assigning that value to. Whoever quarterback one is also would mix into that um you know, conversation as well. Then we have a uh, Tateroa McMillan. I really don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, but what I do know about him is that his profile is stacking up pretty well with these top two guys, six foot five, 205 pounds, true sophomore, 89.1 PFF receiving grade. That was like top 10, top 15 in the country. 28% target share this year alongside Jacob Cowing, who is in the 2024 class, who's a five-year redshirt senior who's been productive for multiple years at multiple schools. So knowing that he outproduced him as a true sophomore is very, very impressive. And Cowing will probably be drafted in like the third, fourth, fifth round of the actual NFL draft this year. So he's outproducing NFL talent. He's big. He's got speed by the looks of it as well. 2.79 yards per route run as a true sophomore. Again, another guy whose profile is starting to stack up very nicely. So he right now currently is probably my wide receiver three in this class. Next, we have Evan Stewart, who uh, formerly of Texas A&M now plays with Dylan Gabriel, with Tez Johnson with um, Jordan James at Oregon. He is small. He's 5'11", 170 pounds. He was banged up in 2023, only played eight games, but he did have over 500 yards still, four touchdowns after producing a great freshman season, which got him on the Debbie radar, 600 plus yards as a true freshman. He's going to be in a very breakout friendly atmosphere, which is why I think he's a good guy to project as like a you know potential riser going into this class because he's going to, Dylan Gabriel is an experienced quarterback. We saw what an experienced quarterback at Oregon can do this past year with Bo Nix, what he's done for Troy Franklin, what he's done for Bucky Irving. So I really do like Evan Stewart to have a breakout season this year, potential Bolitnikoff uh, type of season, wide open offense for his play style. Him and Tez Johnson are similar type of wide receivers. And I can honestly just talk about Tez Johnson right now. He could have been in this year's class. Both of these guys are small, 5'10", 160 pounds, but an 89.2 PFF receiving grade, 10th highest in the country, fourth highest yards per route run in the country this year at 3.45 in the same offense as Troy Franklin in the same offense as Bucky Irving. So surrounded by NFL talent, he was able to get it done. Next, we have Travis Hunter, who, of course, we don't even know if he's going to play wide receiver. He goes to Colorado. He plays both sides of the ball. He's one of the few guys that you can ever say that about, really. I think personally, he's going to end up playing defensive back in the NFL because I think he's a better corner than he is a receiver. But still, if he does play wide receiver, six foot one, 185 pounds, um, definitely a great athlete, a great shifty athlete, kind of like LaVisca Chenault-esque, uh, kind of a lazy comp that he goes to Colorado. But I could see that type of play style comparison for him. But again, I think he's going to end up playing defensive back. So he probably won't end up being a fantasy relevant prospect. But if you guys play in IDP leagues, he might be an absolute cheat code if he plays on both sides of the ball in the NFL. And then these last couple guys, I'll just throw them in here. Isaiah Bond, formerly of Alabama, now of Texas. Torrey Horton of Colorado State. We have uh, Trey Harris of Ole Miss. We have, you 
you know, Dorian Singer transferred away from USC. There's a bunch of names here. None of them really stand out to me as exciting. Isaiah Bond's a little undersized, not very efficient. Torrey Horton is good, six foot two, 190 pounds, 86.9 receiving grade, but he goes to a small school. So, you know, you don't really want to trust those numbers completely. He's going to be a five-year player as well. Wish he would have come out this year, potentially as like a day three guy. But when you look at the wide receiver class, it's looking a little yikes right now. Luther Burden, Emeka Igbuka, and Teratoa McMillan are the guys that I believe the most in. I think they could be first-round draft capital guys. Evan Stewart is also interesting. Tez Johnson is also interesting. But this class doesn't pale in comparison to the running back class. So, And definitely, when you look at the wide receivers in this year's class in 2024, it looks a lot worse in 2025. But the nice thing is maybe we have a Brian Thomas Jr. caliber prospect emerge. Maybe we have you know a Jamison Williams caliber caliber prospect emerge because those guys did nothing their first two seasons in college and then as true juniors they ended up breaking out so this class if you're looking for wide receivers in 2025 I probably wouldn't count on it too much then we get finally into the tight ends I'm just going to throw all these guys against the wall we have Colson Loveland of uh, Michigan we have Luke Leahy of uh, Iowa of course Iowa's produced a million tight ends and then we have Oscar Delp who projects to be the Brock Bowers replacement I don't feel very good about any of these guys Colson Loveland and Luke Leahy are your prototypical 6'5 250 plus pounder guys Uh, Loveland had 45 catches this year for 649 yards had four touchdowns with a top 12 receiving grade at the position so I think as of now he would be my tight end one in this class but I don't really know how that offense is going to look without Jim Harbaugh so that's a concern for him Luke Leahy got hurt He was only playing three games last year, but he did actually produce 2.26 yards per route run uh, in those three games. And he actually produced 400 yards and four touchdowns alongside Sam Laporta back in 2022. So he's definitely going to be interesting. And then Delp, you're kind of just projecting that breakout from him with Bowers leaving with uh, Mitchell Evans at Notre Dame. You're kind of projecting a mini breakout with Michael Mayer now gone. He had a pretty decent season this year. So overall, when you look at this class, if I had to give kind of letter grades to every position group, I would say this quarterback position is looking definitely worse than this year. It's like a C plus B minus, but I have pretty decent faith here that there's enough here to have two or three first round quarterbacks emerge. I don't think we're just throwing random guys at the wall and projecting that they take a step forward. I think that Shadur Sanders is a good enough prospect to emerge as a first round guy. I think Carson Beck has potential. I think that Quinn Ewers has potential. Jackson Dart, Dylan Gabriel, Connor Wiegman, all these guys, none of them are sure bets right now, but I will say I think that one or two of them, maybe three if we're lucky, maybe four if we're really lucky, emerge as first round caliber quarterbacks. The running back class, this is an A, A plus class. The running backs at the top are very, very good. The juniors that are going to be you know, coming in as first year eligibles have a chance to really, really carry this class. It's perfect timing too. When you think about all of the running backs that are getting older, all of the running backs that are starting to, you know, retire from the 2017 and 2018 legendary running back classes we had, we might see an influx in 2025 because we desperately need one. We just have a couple really high-end guys at the top with Bijan, with Brees, with Jameer Gibbs when it comes to dynasty outlook right now. So these guys really, we really need a class to hit. And I think the 2025 class will hit at the running back position between the first year eligible guys and some of the seniors that I talked about already that we thought were going to be in the 2024 class. The wide receiver position, we have to hope and pray that some more guys emerge because right now it looks very shallow. It looks like four guys, Luther Burden being the best of those four, Emeka Buka and McMillan being pretty solid, but not anything special. And then Evan Stewart, good, but undersized. And then the tight ends, I mean, who the hell knows? There's no Mayer, there's no Brock Bowers, there's no somebody that we know of entering the season that I would say just go with, you know, that guy. He's going to be the, the crown jewel of the tight end class. And usually when you don't have a guy like that, the class is probably not going to be very good. So 
So this class is absolutely worse than 2024, but what it's going to be good for is if you're building a house money team right now, which house money means you have a quarterback, a wide, a, which means basically you're building a strong foundation of quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends, and you're going to leave your running back core completely barren, load up on 2025 firsts and seconds, and you're going to be able to fill out your running back core in the 2025 draft so that your team is aligning your winning window with the age and the prime of your running backs. That's why we do this, right? Quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends, they got five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10-year shelf lives, depending on the player. Running backs, I mean, you're talking rookie contracts, right? Two, three, four, five years of production which is why we want to build out those first, build out the foundation of our team, drop the running backs in, ideally with just all the rookie picks we collected because that's the cheapest you're going to get that running back production if you can hit on it. So finally, let's close this video out. I'm going to do a really, really fast abbreviated version of a first round top 12 rankings of these players based on what I've seen so far. So for me, like I said, the best player in this draft by the looks of it is Luther Burden, wide receiver from Missouri. I do believe the quarterback with the best chance of getting first-round draft capital is Shadur Sanders. A lot of early mock drafts have him going first overall or top five. So I'm going to put him here at the 102 in this class. I feel very good about Emeka Ibuka still, so I'm going to put him at 103. Then we're going to throw Quinshawn Judkins here at 104. I love me some Ashton Janty, so I'm throwing him here at 105. Then I like a lot of these other running backs too. I mean, I could go with any one of these dudes. I could go with Carson Beck or Quinn Ewers. I think I'm just going to pound out the, uh, the running back position by going Nick Singleton here, Ollie Gordon here, and then we're going to go with Hampton there, and we're going to go with Trevor Etienne there. So look again, just look at how many running backs I think are better than the rest of the prospects in this draft. Then we'll go Carson Beck and Quinn Ewers to close out the top, you know, 10 players or so in this draft. And then towards the end of the first round, let's tack on here McMillan and Evan Stewart. So basically, again, when you're looking at the makeup of the top 12 picks of 2025 rookie drafts, I think we could see as many as five, six, seven running backs be in this class. Again, we don't know how the wide receiver position, how the quarterback position will develop, but I do think the first round could be dominated by running back. So hopefully this was helpful to you. If you guys did enjoy, leave a like down below, subscribe to the channel if you are new around here. Don't take too much stock into my first round mock. I kind of just threw it at the wall and saw what stuck there. It's more important to understand the positional outlook and everything. I went through the entirety of this video. So if you guys want way more Dynasty Rookie content, if you want access to my 2024 prospect rankings or draft guide, which will be coming out very, very soon. It was supposed to come out the 15th, but my uncle sadly passed away of a sudden heart attack. So we are delaying it a couple days. It should be out the 19th or the 20th. If you want to get it, go to flockfantasy.com. Use the promo code FSE for 30% off. Seven-day free trial when you sign up over there and six months for free if you sign up annually. That will be linked down below in the pinned comment for all of your Dynasty rookie content needs that is where you need to be and of course keep it tapped in right here hit the subscribe button if you're new but with that being said peace out and we'll talk to you soon